Andrew Voss, regular on our programme every Tuesday morning, and Fox NRL commentator to join the show ahead of another huge day for the NRL tomorrow. Vossi, nice to have you back on. Yeah, good morning, boys. And look, I'm always, I've always been a supporter of um, sport, not just rugby league being played on Anzac Day. I just think that it is a, a great way um, to celebrate um, the, the sacrifices that servicemen will pay tribute to, not to, to celebrate, to, to commemorate and to pay tribute to the servicemen and servicewomen that have uh, represented Australia, New Zealand and others in, in wartime, that this is part of what they fought for, for freedom, for the lifestyle that we enjoy in these two great countries, Australia and New Zealand, and, and via sport and sporting occasions, I think we do it pretty well. I mean, the NRL um, ceremonies that will be held over all eight games, but in particular those uh, tomorrow, I still think are handled very well. And uh, the tie between, if we're just in isolation, rugby league and, and uh, the military, you know, it goes back there, are, you know, the, the history of the game littered with stories. Right back to... Did you know that the, the man who was the boss of the New South Wales Rugby League, the, the first full-time secretary, so the equivalent of Todd Greenberg back in 1909 through to 1913, one of the great pioneer leaders, was a gentleman by the name of Ted Larkin. When war started, he signed up um, straight away saying, this is what all sportsmen should do. He'd been a top sportsman himself, a former Wallaby, um, went off to war, was killed on the very first day at Gallipoli, the landing, um, April 25, 1915. So he is certainly one of one of the people that the NRL will be honouring tomorrow. The late mm. game is the storm at home to the Warriors, Andrew. Do you think the NRL would ever entertain the thought of having that as an earlier game, to particularly to benefit New Zealand fans, and maybe even having the Warriors with a home game at one stage in the future? I, I would lo- I would like to think yes, um, but I do endorse. I, I know why we're not trying to make a commercial. Um, you know, endorsement out of Anzac Day. I do understand commercial realities of rugby league on television and what have you. So I guess they like the idea of the Dragons and the Roosters is the day game and uh, Melbourne and the Warriors has emerged as the night game and it is shown at 7.30 Australian time. So, well, if it's going to be that as the night game across Australia, that would mean that it would be a 9.30 kickoff in New Zealand and I don't think that's going to happen. All right. Which game are you looking forward to the most tomorrow? And are you calling either one of these matches? Well, I am. I'm calling. I'm calling Dragons and Roosters at, at Allianz. Um, am I looking forward to both? I think they're both absolute blockbusters, uh, and the way things have unfolded. I mean, even without the form of the the four sides and where they're at on the ladder, they were they were going to be great games. Um, but now, in light of all that these sides have achieved so far this year, they become you know, magic. And for for me, getting along to Allianz Stadium, see, I still regard it. I know they're going to pull it down. <laughs> I mean, I regard it. When it's full, I think it's the best rugby league venue we have. But it's so rare that we have it full. Anzac Day is really the only occasion that we have a, a giant crowd there. And this was the ground that we played grand finals at between um, 88 and 98, uh, inclusive. And, you know, when it's full, it is a sensational atmosphere. And with that, comes a great game. And normally, Dragons, Roosters, Anzac Day is a great game. And the Dragons have been the best team all season, certainly up until they played the Warriors. And what are we thinking of the Roosters here, Vossi? They've been a little up and down, but I see they're still one of the bookies' favourites to win the championship. Yeah, look, I, again, I go back to my pre-season forecast and whether I'm going to be proven right in you know, 10, 12, 20 weeks' time. I had a big three. I had 
Storm, Cowboys, Roosters as my big three this year, and then I thought the rest would be chasing them. Um, I, I still see potentially a very good side in the Roosters, but um, yeah, I think their forwards have got a bit, bit to prove uh, above all else. You know, we've seen the glimpses of Cronk, what he can do, what, which we know he can do. We've seen a bit of you know Luke Keary at his best. We've seen a bit of James Tedesco at his best, but I don't think we've seen the Roosters forwards at their best. So, you know, what better game than to, to really rip in and make a statement than tomorrow against uh, the, the competition leaders, the Dragons, as the Warriors did last week. You know, they they got stuck in all over the park, but in the forwards in particular, and they restricted the the side that had the best attack in the competition at the time to only two tries. It was a, a grand performance by the Warriors. How grand will they have to be to beat the Storm at home? Oh, exceptional. I, I, just, I just thought Melbourne... Last Friday night, I can tell you that for the big league program that will come out this week, I've actually said that Melbourne, you know, forget what bookmakers' markets have, Melbourne are the favourites still. And and while last Friday night was the first time this year they'd won back-to-back this season, I saw enough in that to say that they can be just as slick and good as, as last year, whether they win as many matches. They, only, they won 23 games last year. They only lost four in the whole season. Um, whether they reach that tally is another thing, but gee, they're, they're, they're the team to beat. The Warriors are, you know, ticking off boxes every week. Um, now they get the chance. Melbourne in Melbourne, is there a tougher game? Maybe not. Um, so just a just a huge clash. Um, but Melbourne are my premiership favourites at the moment. And you wouldn't have said that to us two weeks ago, would you, after they'd played the Tigers in Auckland? No, well, that's right. Be- and beaten by the Tigers twice this year, but... It's just the way they went about their work on Friday. It was just a reminder, look, their, their ball handling hasn't been great this year. Um, and as I say, they've been inconsistent from week to week and within 80 minutes, you know, it's been sloppy from Melbourne. I've used that word a few times. But Friday night, they flexed some muscles and, and, and showed some skill. And as long as Cameron Smith and Billy Slater are there, as you said, you know, what an amazing talent. Billy Slater can drop kick through the line and, and even give it the impression that he dropped the ball and kick it low and score. You know, add that to it, you know. Most of us thought he dropped it, but he got away. You know, it's just amazing. I was, hey, Vossi, I was expecting that to turn into one of those great NRL bushfires, but it, it kind of petered out, that conversation. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> well, when the try scorer, a bloke who'd scored 184 tries, said, well, I dropped it. But, I mean, look, I, I don't see how it couldn't have been addressed yesterday. Just on that, couldn't we have addressed this yesterday and just said, well, look, we are, we've decided it's a dumb-ass rule that allows that to be a try. Let's just tweak the interpretation. It has to be a genuine attempt at field goal. Um, otherwise, a drop ball is a, is a drop ball. Is a, is a drop kick is a drop ball. Unless you're going at the posts, it's, it's not allowed. Can't we just put that in the rules? Common sense, wouldn't it? I, I, you know what, though? Would you want to deny Cameron Smith scurrying out of dummy half and drop kicking the ball crossfield for Addo Carter on onto? Yes, I would. I would like to deny that because he can kick it more conventionally rather than a drop kick across field. I haven't seen anyone drop kick a ball across field. But but maybe they look at Billy Slater and think, you know what, I can do that better than him. Right. So oh, you want to, you so you want to see you actually want to see more <laughs> of what Billy Slater did. You want to open up a giant can of pass this week in round eight with players doing drop kicks from fifteen meters inside their own half, attempting forty twenties with drop kicks. Is that what you're saying? Well, I think. Uh, well, Matthew, do you remember Matthew Ridge? Instead of punting the ball for the sideline, mm. he would put the ball on some sand or a kicking tee and yep. and just yep. kick the ball conventionally. No one outlawed that, did they? Yeah, no. Parramatta. Uh, well, that you're allowed to do that. Parramatta um, did that under the under under Jack Gibson, the super coach in the 81, 82, 83 era. They also had one where the the free kick placement would be 
kicking the ball across field, not on sand, because couldn't bring out sand. It actually was held by a player, and Mick Cronin would kick the ball across the face of goal, and they would run through and try and uh, catch it. What's going on yeah. with the Manly Club? I see another five players could be facing up to a $10,000 fine. So what, alongside their captain, Daly Cherry Evans, that would be six players who are going to be fined and named and shamed. And really, their, their team's going backwards as well at the moment, is it not? Oh, 100%. And it's all self-inflicted, isn't it? You know, if, if Manly find themselves at crisis point right now, it's all self-inflicted. Um, they, oh, look, I, I say this, please don't take this the wrong way, but oh, I suppose you should. No, no apologies for saying this. I still think there's a cancer at the Manly Club. Um, you know, they've tried to move on. They've had the salary cap dramas, but, you know, the whole leaking of the story and the way it's come out about Jackson Hastings, and it's quite obvious Trent Barrett has been left posted by his players. How can you read it any other way? Because he would not have come out and did what he did in action against Jackson Hastings unless the players had gone to him en masse and complained or said that, you know, this is what's going on. Um, and then Trent Barrett comes out and does that tough call. He's gone from first grade. And then the players rally behind the young bloke. I think that's mutiny, personally. Um, so they're a mess. Well, does, that mean Barrett's, does that mean Barrett's position's untenable, or does he have to try and flick Cherry Evans, who may be seen as a poor influence on his teammates? Well, did you watch that press conference the other day after his side absolutely got smacked on the field? Trent Barrett was a coach absolutely simmering. And while words were coming out of his mouth, I found myself very quickly trying to read between the lines here. And he was filthy with the way things have unfolded by his players on and off the field. But if, but if, it, is, if it is mutiny, he can't last. We well, wouldn't think so. I mean, uh, well, someone, uh, we talk about, we use the word transparency. Well, well there needs to be transparency here. Like, Daily Terry Evans just on the fine. So, so $10,000 is a big whack. Imagine coming home to your missus and saying, I've been, I got fined today $10,000. Like, it's an enormous fine. So, what did they do to get the $10,000 fine? In these days of transparency and all of that, and club comes first, not individuals, can, can we have an explanation of what actually was done? You know what, Andrew? Screw Manly. I'm heading home to put on my Olsen full of pint of beers jersey. There you go. Wow, that that is the ultimate statement. <laughs> um, you know, that is really sticking it up them. Um, and your ex- your ecstasy at wearing that jersey will be short-lived. The fact is. That club is pretty much dead, but it'll be fun. <laughs> oh, no! It seemed like a good idea at the time. And I thought I had a great relationship with Andrew Voss, and then he went and stuck the dagger in between the ribs, Mark. They're dead, mate. Sorry. You know pretty what? Pretty much dead. I might wear my Gary Larson, Brett Dallas, Billy Moore version instead. <laughs>